1: If you're a Christian, you know that God revealed Himself to mankind in the person of Jesus. But before that, He came at times as the angel of the Lord. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah continues his look at these appearances of God to His people, what they meant then, and what they mean for believers now. Listen as David introduces the conclusion of his message, The
0: Angel of the Lord. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We have been studying angels during the month of July, and uh, today we are in the middle of a discussion about the angel of the Lord, a title given to the Lord Jesus Christ. The angel of the Lord is the pre-incarnate Christ. That means it's Jesus Christ before he was born into humanity at Bethlehem. And he comes on occasion and appears to people in the Old Testament, and it's very evident that he comes at special times to strengthen people and help them. And uh, we'll learn more about that today as we finish up our discussion on this topic. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about angels and Jesus. One of my most um, interesting discoveries about angels when I did this extended search and study on angels in the Bible was how involved Jesus was with angels when he was on this earth. Almost everything that he did that was of public importance, angels showed up, beginning before he was even born. <laughs> and uh, you don't want to miss tomorrow because it will bring insight into a lot of things that you've wanted about as you've studied the life of Jesus. Now, you can get the, the material on angels in a written form through the book called Angels, which we've made available during the month of July for a gift of any size. When you send your gift to Turning Point this month, just say, please send me the book on angels. It'll come to you. It's our way of saying thank you for investing in this worldwide ministry. If you want a copy of the audio version of Angels. You can order that from Turning Point by going to davidjeremiah.org. There you will find both the audio package and the study guides. Those are valuable tools, especially if you're doing small groups. And if you're studying Angels in your small group, you can get a study guide for everybody in the group. You've got the manual, uh, what you got through Turning Point and the The CDs will help you get ready to facilitate your discussion. There's questions in every study guide. It's a great way to open your heart to the Word of God. I hope you'll take advantage of it. Well, let's get started with our lesson. And uh, we open our Bibles now, and here's more about the angel of the Lord. Do you remember how the children of Israel were called out of Egypt? And they had no idea where they were going. They left Egypt and they were sent out into the wilderness. They had no maps. None of them had a wife to tell them which way to turn. (laughs) They were really in a lot of trouble. (laughs) They were in a lot of trouble because they didn't know where to go. And so God had a special guidance plan for them. Do you remember his plan? Turn in your Bibles to the 13th chapter of the book of Exodus. And I'm not asking you to turn very many pages, just over to the 13th of Exodus. And I want you to notice In chapter 13 and verse 21, it says, And the Lord went before the Israelites by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so as to go by day and night. Now let me ask you this. Who did this for them? What does it say? The Lord did it, right? Turn to the next chapter, chapter 14. And notice verse 19 of chapter 14, and you will see almost exactly the same verse, but with somebody else's name at the front of it. And the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud went from before them and stood. Now, what does it say? In the 13th chapter, God did it. In the 14th chapter, the angel of God did it. Who are these two people? They are one in the same. The angel of the Lord, the angel of God, is God coming down in the form of this special angel to intervene in the lives and the ministries of his people. No ordinary angel in either the Old or the New Testament is ever so associated. Let's move on to the angel of the Lord and one of my favorite people in the Bible, a man by the name of Manoah. Now, if I ask you today, who is Manoah, some of you would just look back at me with a quizzical look on your face. And some would say, oh, Manoah, that's the wife of Noah. I know who that is. No, it's not. Manoah is not the wife of Noah. And sometimes when we talk about these Old Testament characters who are sort of lesser lights of the Bible, we don't know who they are and we're apt to answer anything. I remember reading not long ago that on a test that was given to some kids, they were asked to identify the epistles and they said the epistles were the wives of the apostles now that makes sense doesn't it (laughs) the apostles and the epistles married together well Manoah is not the wife of Noah but Manoah is the father of strongman Samson and his story is told in the book of Judges chapter 13 so you gotta skip over a few books now Joshua Judges and turn to Judges chapter 13 Let me tell you the story, and this is the most wonderful of all of them. During the period of the judges, as recorded in this book by that name, the angel of the Lord appeared to the parents of Samson. And the angel of the Lord did this because for many years, Mrs. Manoah, and we don't know her name, just Mrs. Manoah, she had been praying for children. And there were no children. And she prayed and she prayed. And nothing happened. in fact, we do something about that back when we first got married we didn 't have any children for many years after we were married, and we prayed and prayed and We had a woman in our church in Haddon Heights, New Jersey, who used to pray for us and It was kind of embarrassing running into her in the hallways every Sunday and wanting to know if there was any news yet that 's kind of how she always said and After the third one came along, I called her long distance and said "Stop praying that 's it you don 't need to pray anymore and God gave us one added blessing for which we are so very thankful these days. But you know what it's like when you are praying for children and there are no children. That's what Mrs. Manoah was doing. And God had a special plan for her and for her husband. And so he dispatched the angel of the Lord to talk to her. And one day the angel of the Lord came and talked to Mrs. Manoah. Verse 3 says, The angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her indeed now you are barren and have borne no children but you shall conceive and bear a son and she was then told that this son she was going to have was going to be special he was going to be a Nazirite to the Lord not a Nazirite but a nazarite and that because he was special to the Lord she was not allowed to have any unclean food or drink any strong drink during her pregnancy and that when this son was born no razor should ever come upon his head you always wondered why Samson had all that hair one because he was a hippie. It was because he was a Nazarite and he couldn't shave his head in order to keep his vow to God. Now, none of you kids can use that because we don't do that now. You still got to get your haircut, but he didn't have a haircut and he didn't have one for a long time until when he got one, he was in a lot of trouble as you know. Well, when Mrs. Manoa heard that she was going to have a baby, she did the normal thing you would expect a woman to do. She tried to find her husband because he hadn't been there when the angel showed up. She ran to find him and she couldn't wait to tell him the exciting news. And in verses eight and nine of the 13th chapter, Manoah heard the news and it says, he prayed to the Lord and said, oh my Lord, please let this man of God whom you sent come to us again and teach us what we shall do for the child who will be born. And God listened to the voice of Manoah and the angel of God came to the woman again as she was sitting in the field. Once again, Manoah, her husband, was not with her. And so the Bible tells us she went and got Manoah Manoah and Mrs. Manoah got together with the angel of the Lord and the rest of the story you got to read it in the Bible verse 17 of the 13th chapter let me read it for you then Manoah said to the angel of the Lord what is your name so that when your words come to pass or when our child is born we can give you honor And the angel of the Lord said to him, why do you ask my name seeing it is wonderful? This is an incredible verse because the word wonderful is the same word that is used in Isaiah 9, 6 where we read his name shall be called wonderful counselor. Literally the word means incomprehensible. What the angel of the Lord said to Manoah is why do you ask my name? Because if I told you, you wouldn't understand it anyway. What was he saying? My name is beyond just the angel of the Lord. My name is beyond anything you will understand in human terms. He was in essence letting him know that he was God. And now watch what happened. So Manoah took a young goat and grain offering and offered it upon the rock of the Lord and the Lord did a wondrous thing while Manoah and his wife looked on. It happened as the flame went up toward heaven from the altar that the angel of the Lord ascended in the flame of the altar and when Manoah and his wife saw this, they fell on their faces to the ground. And when the angel of the Lord appeared no more to Manoah and his wife, then Manoah knew that he was the angel of the Lord and Manoah said to his wife, watch this, We shall surely die because we have seen God. Who did they see? The angel of the Lord. Who was it? It was God. God coming down into the Old Testament train of history to intervene periodically as the pre-incarnate Christ. And I tell you that there are many more illustrations in the Bible. But just think of it. These experiences of Hagar and Abraham and Jacob and Moses and the children of Israel and Samson's parents consistently present a picture of an angel that is a cut above any angel we have studied in this series. Along with many others, I believe that this angel is the pre-incarnate Christ, an appearance of the second person of the Trinity long before he became flesh in Bethlehem of Judea. In fact, here's an interesting thought that I read. Do you know where Manoah lived? He lived in a place called Zora, And you know where Zora was? It was 13 miles from Bethlehem where Jesus was to be born as we read in Luke two. And I wonder if when he came as the angel of the Lord, he knew that he was just a few miles away from the place where he would one day come and invade human history. Now you say, Pastor Jeremiah, how do you know that this is Jesus? Well, I'm not gonna die for this. But I want to tell you why I believe this is true. First of all, let me ask this question. Who is the revealing person of the Trinity? Who reveals in the Trinity? Is it God the Father? The Bible says no man can see God and live. God is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You can't see a spirit. And who is the third person of the Trinity? He is called what? The Holy Spirit. And the New Testament tells us in John 3 that the Holy Spirit is like the wind. It blows and you feel the effect of it, but you can't tell where it came from and you can't see it. So who in the Trinity is the revealer of God? It is the second person of the Trinity, Jesus Christ himself. John 1.14 says it this way, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And verse 18 in that chapter says it this way, No one has seen God at any time. That's God the Father. But the only begotten Son, second person of the Trinity, who is the bosom of the Father, he has declared him, shown us. So who would we expect to be the revealing one of the Godhead in the Old Testament? It can only be Jesus Christ because no one has seen God and lived and the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. I also believe this because of very interesting fact. Listen carefully. Do you know that after the birth of Jesus Christ at Bethlehem, the angel of the Lord never again appears? Isn't that an interesting thought? All through the Old Testament, periodically, the angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord. Then all of a sudden, Luke 2, Jesus is born. No more angel. There are angels, but not the angel of the Lord. And then thirdly, I need to tell you that Paul seemed to point to Jesus as the angel of the Lord. It was the angel of the Lord that accompanied the Jews throughout the wilderness. But when you read 1 Corinthians ten four, Paul says that it was the rock who followed Israel, and that that rock was who? It was Christ. I always loved this story about Jesus talking to the two on the road to Emmaus. Do you remember that? And as they were walking along after the resurrection, it says in Luke chapter 24 and verse 27 that Jesus, beginning at Moses and all the prophets, expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning who? Himself. What do you think Jesus taught those two men on the roads? To Emmaus that day, I think he said, I want to tell you about the time I visited Manoah. I want to tell you about the time I walked with the Israelites through the wilderness. I want to tell you about the time I kept Abraham from taking the life of his own son. Jesus told them about the appearances that he had made through the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament scriptures. I don't know if you're out of breath from listening, but I'm out of breath from talking. (laughs) We've been through the whole Old Testament talking about the angel of the Lord. And i got to ask you a question. And this is where we always end up here. I want us to end up here. So what? (laughs) Because you see, there is no doctrine in the Bible, no matter what it is, that does not have a direct line to our heart if we will look for it. What does God want us to know about ourselves and our relationship with the Lord and our walk with him based upon our study of this angel of the Lord doctrine from the Old Testament? Number one, it teaches us the priority of revelation. Today, you and I are blessed as the recipients of God's two great revelations of himself to man. What are they? This book, which is the word of God. And also the Lord Jesus Christ, who is called the Logos, who is the ultimate word. In fact, do you remember the words of the beginning of the book of Hebrews where we are told this? God, who at various times and in various ways spoke to us in time past by the prophets, the Bible, has in these last days spoken to us how by his son the Lord Jesus you and I are in possession of the greatest revelations that God has ever made of himself to man the Bible which is the inscripturated word and his son the Lord Jesus which is the Incarnate Word but let me say something to you, friends in the Old Testament they didn't have all of this they didn't even have what we would consider the Old Testament they had many of them the Pentateuch, which was the books of the beginning of the Bible. Almost nobody had all of the books that had been collected because the canon wasn't complete. They had none of the New Testament. And Jesus Christ had not yet come. And you know what God did? He said, I know what I'll do. I know what I'm planning to do someday, what my goal is someday, what my purpose is someday. But what about all these folks along the way? I know what I'll do. I'll send them a revelation of myself in the angel of the Lord so that they are not left without a visitation from God my friends I say to you that thrills my heart do you know that if God did not reveal himself to us we could not find him out did you know that the Bible says he's revealed himself in the creation he's revealed himself in his word he's revealed himself in his son but without God's self revelation To us, we could not know God. That's what religion is all about. It's groping in the dark for a God who has not spoken. But our God has spoken. He's spoken to us in his word. He's spoken to us in his son. And he spoke to those in the Old Testament periodically through the angel of the Lord. And it is amazing to me as I study these references to the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament that they are not random appearances of God to his people. But it seems like every time there was a crisis, every time there was a turning point, every time there was a new economy to begin, God wanted to seal that with his own personal presence and the angel of the Lord came down. At the beginning of the nation of Israel, at the extrication of that nation from judgment in Egypt, at the moment of time when the son of promise was in jeopardy. Every way along the way, you will find the angel of the Lord coming, intervening, to reveal himself the priority of revelation and secondly it teaches the purpose of the incarnation as wonderful as these Old Testament references are that we have looked at so quickly as we've surveyed the Old Testament scriptures they all fall short of the ultimate revelation of God to man that is the in flesh appearance of God through Jesus Christ the Old Testament appearances of the angel of the Lord simply pointed to the day when God would fully reveal himself in his son, the Messiah. That's what Colossians two nine is all about. Look at it. It says this. For in him, Christ, dwells what? All the fullness of the Godhead. What's the last word, class? Bodily. Who is that? That's Jesus Christ. What does that mean? That means that God came and in Christ... All of the fullness of God was poured into his body. He was literally God walking around in a body so that we could see who God was and what he was like because we don't understand spirits. We can't understand a God who is a spirit if he doesn't reveal himself to us in a body which is all we know in our human existence. And so he poured himself into the person of Jesus Christ who came and walked upon this earth for those 30 plus years and showed us who God was. You want to know who God is? Read the gospels and find out who Christ is. When you know who Christ is, you know who God is. But listen to me. Some might say, if God revealed himself in the Old Testament in the angel of the Lord, then why did he not let the angel of the Lord be our redeemer? And I'll tell you, it's for one simple reason. He didn't come into this world to redeem angels, did he? He came into this world to redeem lost men. And the only way he could redeem lost mankind was to pour himself into a human body. And as the God-man go to the cross and reaching up one hand take hold of the Holy Father and reaching down the human hand taking hold of lost mankind on the cross, he brought us together in redemption. If he had not done that, we would be lost. The Old Testament appearances of the angel of the Lord simply point to the day when Jesus would come as the incarnate Son of God. It teaches us, thirdly, when we study these truths, the preciousness of our salvation. Paul wrote to the Philippians in these most eloquent words, Jesus, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the death, even the death of the cross. It is no accident, my friends, that all of history is dated back to the coming of Jesus Christ. B.C. A.D. It is the watershed of history, is it not? Everything before that time looked forward to it and everything since that time looks back to it because the great signal event in the history of the universe Is the day when God invaded the human race by letting his son be born as a baby in Bethlehem So that he could reach out to us and make us one with him What a tremendous picture of his love for us and finally It teaches us the person of our savior You know what I thought of when I read all these Old Testament passages and I saw the angel of the Lord going out to the wilderness to see Hagar flying up to the mountain of Moriah and taking hold of Abraham's hand, not letting him kill his son. And going in tenderness to Mrs. Manoah and saying, I know you wanted a child for all these years and I want you to know that you're going to have one. And in the person of the angel of the Lord, making sure the Israelites didn't get lost in the wilderness, guiding them and leading them and helping them. And showing Moses in his marvelous way that he was indeed going to be with him through his leadership trials of the future. What does that sound like? You know what it sounds like to me? It sounds like everything I read about my Jesus in the New Testament, doesn't it? The Old Testament revelation of the Lord Jesus is exactly what we would expect having read the New Testament scriptures that tell us of him. And I was just about to put a period to this sermon when I found a verse that did it better than anything I could do turn to the Old Testament book of Isaiah Isaiah chapter 63 and verse 9 Isaiah chapter 63 and verse 9 and I read this and I thought this is what this is all about read with me Isaiah 63:9. I'll read it out loud and you read it in your Bible in all their affliction he was afflicted notice he's capitalized And the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and in his pity, he redeemed them. And he bore them and carried them all the days of old. The angel of his presence and the presence of Jehovah God. Isn't that an incredible verse? Isn't that what Jesus Christ has done for us? Does he bear us up through all the days of old? Has he been with us? Is his presence with us each day? Absolutely. And what has he done? He has set us free through his willingness to become one of us as a human being. The angel of the Lord. The pre-incarnate presence of God Almighty. How we praise him for his revealing himself to us. How we praise him for his ultimate revelation in the incarnation how we praise Him for our salvation, how we praise Him that Jesus Christ, listen to this, is the same, what's the rest of it, yesterday, today, and forever. Amen and amen. Amen. He goes all the way back to eternity past, shows up in the Old Testament, comes as a baby in the city of Bethlehem, goes to the cross, Comes out of the grave victorious over death, ascends to heaven, intercedes for us while we're still waiting here on the earth, and promises to come and receive us to himself one day in the near future. I'm looking forward to that, as I'm sure you are. So um, tomorrow we're going to talk about the life of Jesus while he was on this earth and how angels uh, assisted him, how they showed up for major events in his life. It's really uh, an interesting study and reminds us again of the importance of the angelic study and of the Lord Jesus himself really being surrounded often by angels in times of great need. I think you'll enjoy the study. I have not seen that before, and it was quite an encouraging thing to me to see the relationship of angels and Jesus. We'll be right here. I hope you'll join us tomorrow. It's Turning Point, and I'm David Jeremiah.
1: Our message today originated from Shadow Mountain Community Church and Senior Pastor Dr. David Jeremiah. How is Turning Point ministering to you? Write and let us know at Turning Point for God of Canada, P.O. Box 18098 Delta B.C. V4L 2M4. Visit our website at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio or call 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of David's book, Angels Who They Are and How They Help, What the Bible Reveals. It will give you a biblical look at angels, and it's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also download the free Turning Point mobile app for your favorite smart devices, or search in your App Store for the keywords Turning Point Ministries to instantly access our content. Visit davidjeremiah.ca/slash radio for details. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue the series, Angels, here on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah.
0: Legacy. When I think about my life and the legacy I will leave behind one day, I remember the legacy of faith I saw in the lives of my parents, and it is now reflected in the lives of my children and grandchildren. Then... I reflect upon the calling God placed on my heart to preach and teach, and I think of the people who have been touched around the world through the ministry of Turning Point. Each of us will leave a legacy. Have you ever wondered what your legacy will be? In addition to the legacy that will be entrusted to your family, perhaps you have considered leaving your imprint on something with eternal consequences. Many people don't think beyond this life. They live only for today with no hope beyond the grave. But for the believer, we not only have an eternal perspective on life today, we want to leave behind a testimony of our faith so that others may come to know Christ as well. Long after you and I finish our time on this earth, Turning Point will continue to bring the unchanging Word of God to an ever-changing world. And there is still so much work to do will you join me in this very important effort what will your legacy be
1: if you've enjoyed today's program with dr david jeremiah you might be interested in hearing it again at your convenience stay connected to turning point by visiting our website at davidjeremiah.ca. Or by downloading our free Canadian mobile app. The app can be found by searching for Turning Point Canada on your smart device app store. Create an account and order digital resources from today's program with easy one click checkout at davidjeremiah.ca.